It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today? I'm all right. What's going on, Jimmy? Well, the Titans finally have an offensive coordinator, so that's good. We'll talk about that. Uh, no big surprise there, but we'll get into a little bit of the discussion around Arthur Smith. Uh, who was announced as the Titans Office Coordinator on Monday. Before we get into that, I remind you, we write from UnionCityMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation, so you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. You can get the podcast, where you get your podcast, just search out Locked On Titans. You can also get it on your smart speaker, just say play podcast Locked On Titans. Uh, we also have a voicemail line set up now where you can call in and Give us feedback about the show, ask questions, whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, that number is 615-787-8762. Uh, we try to dedicate one show per week to uh, listen to those voicemails, answering those questions, that type of stuff. I think we just have one right now. So uh, still plenty of time to get in and get your questions in, 615-787-8762. All right, so Arthur Smith, I mean, I, I think it became pretty obvious it, towards the end of the last week that that's the way the times were going. Uh, Paul Kowarski had written an article on his site, paulkowarski.com, uh, basically saying they weren't waiting for anybody uh, that was still involved in the playoffs, which we had kind of speculated that maybe that was the reason it was taking so long last week. But that obviously turns out not to be the case. Uh, you know, listen, my initial thoughts on the hire, fine. I mean, any of these guys, any guy that they were going to hire that wasn't like a college head coach or something like that, was going to we were going to have questions about they never called plays before you don't know what their philosophy necessarily is you know blah 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 we can go through all of that with anybody they would have hired I think some people are uninspired because he was on this staff and the offense hasn't been good uh, the last couple of years but I think that from the, the continuity standpoint which is important for Marcus Mariota but not just for him for the offense as a whole. Um, I, I think this is a good hire, and I think it allows them to kind of hit the ground running to build on some stuff that they did last year. Of course, I mean, I'm sure he's going to tweak stuff and, and that kind of stuff, but you're not starting over from square one, which I think is important for this whole team, not just Mariota. Yeah, the continuity aspect is interesting to me because I, I don't think we know uh, if the offense is going to be the same. I don't think we know who Arthur Smith is. Uh, you know, and, and honestly, this podcast is, is a reaction podcast, but we don't we don't really know either way. It, it's just kind of a, a wait and see type hire, which is fine. You know, that's what you have to do. Uh, you know, I, I'd much rather try something fresh, something new than, than something, you know, retread like we've talked about. But uh, from from a familiarity standpoint, he knows the roster, uh, similar voice, similar face. You know, you don't have to have to get to know a guy. Uh, from from all reports, this guy was was very uh, involved in game planning and addressed the team and the offense as a whole. So all of that's good. Uh, we just don't know uh, about the scheme. Uh, I've heard a lot of people throw around that that it's going to keep the continuity. I, I just uh, I'm hesitant to say that. Um, it certainly uh, is going to be better than than hiring someone from from the outside. Uh, but I'm just not sure how similar it's going to be. But uh, just Arthur Smith is a person. He survived. He was brought in by Ken Wisenhunt, and he survived what three coaching staffs now. Um, so that tells you something about who he is. It tells you something about how how bright he is. Um, uh, being kept by two or three different coaches that that really don't know you. 
um, it says something to me. So clearly Vrabel thinks he's uh, he, he's a pr- bright guy. Uh, Lafleur wanted him in, in Green Bay, so I'm encouraged and, and kind of cautiously optimistic about the hire. Yeah, and that's I mean, continuity from the standpoint of just a similar voice, similar staff, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're right. We don't really have any idea what his philosophy is. Um, I've seen a few different players make comments about him. Uh, one of the things that you said just then, Delaney Walker was on Midday 180 earlier today talking about uh, Arthur Smith, and obviously when he started as, as assistant tight ends coach. So Delaney has been you know, a guy that's worked with him very closely for all these years. Um, yeah, had a lot of good things to say about him, but said that you know he was the guy that got up in front of the in front of the offense this year and talked about what they were going to do in the red zone, um, and that he you know presentation all that stuff. So they're they're used to hearing from this guy, like you were saying. So I mean, I, I think that's really good. Uh, Taylor Lewan had good things to say about him. Uh, said some of them to the extent of you know he'll mesh together the best parts of Terry Rubisky's running game and Matt, Lafle- Matt LaFleur's running game. And so I, that may not make you you know at first when you read that comment you might you might cringe a little bit. But I think that just being a guy that's been here and has seen all the different stuff that he's seen, familiar with the, with the offense and all that, with the roster and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I just think, I think it's really good from that standpoint. Like you said, uh, Lafleur had a lot of good things to say about him against the Balkaharski and was a guy that he certainly wanted to go with him. But I think he knew that that wasn't going to happen. And again, because, you know, it's a guy they've kept through all those different coaching hires. So I don't know. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I just I, you know, you you see the reactions you see online are funny. Um, I mean, you know, it's pretty much anything, but especially to this, people are just uninspired because it's a guy in house. I just don't get that. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I, we don't know anything, but we weren't going to know any, anything on anybody they hired. If they hired the Rams quarterbacks coach, would we be more excited about it than we are this guy? I mean, again, you know, anybody that's that's even vaguely connected to McVay is is getting interviews for things now. But I just I, I don't know that I would be any more excited about that than I am about Arthur Smith. Uh, and you know it always cracks me up every year. You know fans critiquing a, a receivers coach hire or an offensive line coach hire. How do you know? You, you really don't unless there's there's a handful of guys that are established, but those guys really don't move around. Uh, so you, you got to take the wait and see approach. But I thought it was interesting. Uh, you know F words pod uh, tweeted out a, a really interesting fact that all of these offensive coordinators and head coaches got their start as tight ends coach. You know, and it's not something that we really realize. I, I certainly didn't realize it, but it's interesting to think about because, you know, when you're coaching tight ends, you're kind of involved in, in the run game and you're, you've are you got to be involved in the pass game. So you kind of get both ends of the spectrum. You're not really just coaching a position. You've got to be involved in the run blocking schemes, uh, the, the passing game tree, uh, the quarterbacks and all of that. So that, that's an interesting thought there. Uh, again, Wait and see. Uh, if anyone is is reacting negatively to this, I, I just I'm I'm with, I'm with you. I, I really don't understand uh, keeping it in house. Some sort of continuity. Again, we don't know how much, but uh, clearly this guy was thought of enough by each of the past three coaching staffs uh, to keep around. So uh, again, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I think they could have done a lot worse here. Yeah, absolutely. So coming up, we'll talk a little bit about some of those names that you mentioned that uh, that our, our friends, uh, the F-Words podcast guys, had mentioned. Uh, we'll run through a few of those and then talk about maybe what this means for the rest of the offensive staff. 
Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, at F Words Pod on Twitter, and they ran through these names that guys that started out as tight end coaches to some extent. I mean, Michelle McVay got his start. He was an assistant tight end coach back in 2010 uh, with, with the Redskins. Ken Wisenhunt, who I know is not a popular name around these parts, but he's proven to be a good offensive coordinator. Um, he got his start with, as a tight end coach with the Steelers. You've got Greg Roman, uh, who was a tight end coach at Stanford before he came to the NFL. Um, Mike Malarkey, guy you know, we're always familiar with. I mean, he's been a tight end coach a bunch of different places. Uh, Rob Chudzinski, I never can say his name right. Pat Shermer, Freddie Kitchens, a guy that's you know obviously very popular right now, and we saw you know the the, the good work that he did with Baker Mayfield this past season. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, uh, who's in Minnesota, and then Andy Reid. So uh, a lot of big names on that list, and like you're saying, it just makes sense because, you know, on one hand, it's, it's one of the easier positions to coach tight ends is because you, you have a, a smaller number of people in your room. Uh, when you think about just all the other positions on a football team, uh, you know, tight ends, most teams are carrying three or four. The Titans sometimes carry five or six. But, you know, you've got less guys that you're dealing with. But like you said, you have to really know the ins and the outs of the, of the running game and the passing game. And you've got to know, you know, pass blocking as well as run blocking, pass routes. I mean, all that stuff. And you that, you can't really say that as much for any other position. Uh, maybe running backs a little bit. But for the most part, um, I would I would think the most, I guess, detailed nuance of the offense, um, tight end has to be pretty high on that list. I mean, the quarterback obviously being the highest. But um, just a, a, lot of, a lot of different things at play there. Uh, so it may it may make sense for these guys to come from there, um, and then you made the point before we came on about you know what this could mean to the Titans staff. You know, it was announced earlier, but obviously before Matt Lafleur got the job in Green Bay, that the staff was going to say the same. Uh, Mike Vrabel was going to make any changes. Now you've got uh, obviously Lafleur gone, Arthur Smith moving to offensive coordinator. So you have a you have an opening at tight ends coach. You could just hire a tight ends coach. Or, like I said, as you were mentioning, you could you could shuffle some ra- some some things around in the offensive staff if there was another position coach that you wanted to bring in. Yeah, maybe it's something to where you like Keith Carter in, in another spot and you want another off the line coach. Uh, again, that's all speculation, but but it's possible. Uh, it, you know, obviously a spot on the staff is open, so we'll see what they do there. Um, but I mean, let's look at, at Arthur Smith's work with. The only thing we can judge him on is tight end position, right? Uh, so you've got Delaney Walker, uh, who was great uh, before Smith showed up. And, and then you've got John U. Smith, who, who took some strides uh, b- before he went down. 
Uh, then you've got the guys like Anthony Ferkser, who they found and, and turned into something. Uh, they got something out of Luke Stalker, who's just been a journeyman type guy. Uh, Michael Pruitt, he, he was uh, he was a valuable piece down the stretch, as strange as that is. Uh, he's done some some really good work there. Uh, again, we don't know how he is as a play caller. We didn't know how Matt Lafleur was as a play caller, uh, and I think it took Lafleur, uh, you know, half the year to really find a groove um, as a play caller. It wouldn't surprise me if Arthur Smith is the same way. But judging him on, on what we know, which is the tight ends, um, he's had success there. The Titans' tight end group is one of the strongest in the league. Uh, you know, he's got he's got he was an offensive lineman in college. He's been an offensive line assistant, offensive quality quality control. So. I don't think it's really fair for anyone to pigeonhole him as just a tight ends coach. I, I think he's been around the block a time or two uh, and really earned this opportunity. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, when you look, when you just go back and look through his track record, um, and, and we talked about him uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when, when his name first kind of came to the forefront. Um, you know, a guy who's really has, has put in the work. I mean, started as, as a graduate assistant in college and has worked his way all the way to here. Um, and a guy, again, you know, that is the son of Fred Smith, who started FedEx, who's obviously, you know, a multi-billionaire. And when they were talking to Delaney Walker today on the Midday 180, Delaney Walker said it was like year two before he even knew that that's who his dad was. So, I mean, I think it, you know, just kind of speaks to his character. In fact, he, he wants to be a football coach. Like, that's what he loves. Um, a lot of talk about him, you know, being one of those guys that was – you know, first guy in the morning, last guy, and and really just like you know, position coaches are not required typically to put in the the same hours that obviously a head coach or even, even the coordinators are. And but he was the guy that was always there, was always grinding, always doing that stuff. So um, you know, it sounds like, and again, th- this is all speculation on our part. Our part, we have no idea what he's going to be like as a play caller, what his philosophy is. I mean, we don't know anything on that. Um, but he, it sounds like a guy that has has put in the time, has has grinded it out. And that he was ready to be given an opportunity like this, and so you know, again, there's I'm sure there's a handful of guys in the league that are currently position coaches um, who are ready for an offensive coordinator position would would be good at it, um, but just aren't getting it, you know, for whatever reason. And so glad that Smith's getting that getting that shot, and like you said, honestly, just glad that they're bringing in something a little bit different, not different from you know not being on the staff, but not a guy that's that's a retread or whatever. Um, you know, and, and I had somebody tell me the other day about how we shouldn't talk so negatively about retreads. I, mine, and, and I think you feel the same way, but when we talk about retreads we don't want, it's guys that have had multiple chances and failed. You know, whoever it was was telling me, well, Bill Belichick's a retread. I, yes, he is. You're, you're 100% correct. He was a head coach before he failed. He got a, a different head coaching job. Um, but when you've had these guys that have had two or three chances and the result is always the same, those are the type of guys that I don't want my team to hire. Yeah, for every Bill Belichick, there's two or three guys like John Fox and you know Jim Caldwell. Uh, that that's what we're talking about there. If you're on strike three, you're, you're probably not going to make it in this league. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's kind of it's sort of outside the box, but sort of inside the box too. I think I think it's a good blend uh, of both worlds there. Uh, you know, look, they they could have gone after a big name, but. They wanted some some sort of continuity, some guy that that didn't have to come in and study uh, who Marcus Mariota was. It, this guy's been with Marcus from the start. He knows him well. So uh, excited! I think this is uh, probably the closest thing we were going to get to Matt Lafleur coming back for year two. So uh, I think it's the best case scenario for Marcus Mariota. Uh, now, once again, he's got to go prove it. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's obviously going to be the thing with him until until he does. Um, and then, you know, if he doesn't, then we're having a conversation about who the quarterback of this team is going to be in 2020. Um, all right, so that'll do it for that conversation. We will finish up today with our thoughts on the conference championship games. So it was a really fun weekend of football. Um, you know, these playoffs, for the most part, had been kind of had been kind of a dud. Um, you, you hadn't had that many games that were really, you know, close, late, compelling, whatever. Um, you get both conference championship games, go to overtime, first time that's ever happened. Um, the two teams that I wanted to win both lost. I really wanted a Saints-Chiefs Super Bowl. Um, you know, kind of anybody with the Patriots-type deal for me. But, I, you know, obviously the only thing anybody's talking about from the first game, uh, the NFC game, is, is the missed pass interference call against the Rams, uh, you know, that would have given the Saints a first and goal and probably would have allowed the Saints to win that game. Uh, I, I appreciated uh, Drew Brees and his comments of the game talking about, you know, there's other plays that we missed that if we'd have made, you know, you wouldn't have left that. Uh, up to chance or up to that route in, in that scenario. But, man, when when you saw that play happen, I just I, it blows my mind that there wasn't a flag done on that play. It's just the latest example of these NFL referees. It just seems like it's been that way all year. Uh, it, it's just the ref show. You know, every it seems like every primetime game uh, this year has just been hijacked by referees. So uh, just, just missing that call. Uh, that that's one of the most egregious pass interference calls I've ever seen, uh, and, and it's such a big spot. It's just such it's so unfortunate. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say, "Well, you've got to make pass interference reviewable." I mean, we're gonna grind these games to a halt if we do that. I mean, if you want to to minimize the referees in this game, I mean, that's that's gonna really lengthen these games because uh, these coaches are gonna start challenging everything. Uh, so I, I don't I don't know that that's the answer. Maybe it's something to where you can install an under two minute rule or something like that. But it, it's just so unfortunate. I'm I'm not sure there's a there's a really good answer other than the NFL simply making their referees better because that product is horrible. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, I'm with you. You can't make penalties reviewable. Um, if you were going to do it, like it would have to be something. I would, I would think it would have to be something that would come from the booth inside of two minutes. Something that on something that's just, just as egregious as, as what that we saw in that game on Sunday. Anything else? I mean, can you imagine if you could like that guy was holding and they're going to throw the challenge flag every time? I mean, you know, th- there's all kinds of things like that, and then you get reviewed all that kind of stuff. So you would have to have some really, really tight rules on what you could challenge and what you couldn't challenge if you were ever going to open that door. I don't think they should do that. Uh, like you said, I, I think the answer is, is for the rest to be better. Um, that, that, to me, is the, th- is the only thing that really makes sense here. Um, the other game, the Chiefs-Patriots, another great game. Um, you pretty much knew when the, when the Patriots won the coin toss that that was going to be the game. I mean, we've seen it so many times, Tom Brady in the playoffs, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, that combination. And it's just funny, you know, in a week where everybody kind of counted them out. Um, you know, actually, the two weeks, really, that everybody was counting them out. Last week against the Chargers and then this week against the, against the Chiefs. No, everybody thought the Patriots couldn't win. But, you know, until, until somebody knocks off Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the playoffs, They've they've shown us the last couple of years that you know these the regular season hiccups that they have or you know the the rough patches that they have they don't really matter. Those two guys are the best when you get into January football. 
the Patriots just aren't ever going to die. I mean, Brady's going to play till he's 60. I'm, I'm pretty convinced. Uh, it, isn't it funny, though, how just every little break seems to, to fall their way? Uh, it's just, and I know D Ford was offside. I'm not really talking about that, but uh, the the roughing the passer yeah, call where he bad. got hit in the shoulder. You know, some of these reviews down the stretch where the ball was juggled and kind of hit the ground. I, I'm here to tell you, the Titans receiver makes the same play. That's incomplete. Uh, I've seen it too many times. So um, just just interesting to me how how they seem to get all the calls. And I'm not saying anything's rigged or anything, but Man, it's just it's just really super convenient how how they get all the calls right when they need them. And look, we saw that in in the playoff game two years ago. I remember that first first half, Titans were down what fourteen by halftime, but they had really given the Patriots a good game and, and honestly should have been tied or down one possession. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know, man. It's just, like you said, it's it, they're just they seem like they're never gonna die. It's like the thing we're going to be watching for all these years. You know, it's funny. The Titans lost to the Patriots in the playoffs, you know, back in, what, 2004. Um, and, you know, just to think about how long this team has been as, as good as they have been. And to think about, you know, the Super Bowl after Titans-Rams, the 2001 Super Bowl was uh, Rams-Patriots, right? I mean, that was Tom Brady. So. That was that year. And so – you think about how long – I mean, think about how long it's been since the Titans were in the Super Bowl. and No, the Ravens were the next year. It was the year after that. But anyway, um, you know, you're talking back to the early 2000s um, that the, the Tom Brady has, has been their quarterback, that they've been this good. And, you know, we talked about this with other teams, but it's just amazing. The Titans have spent all this time trying to find a quarterback. And, you know, you've got the, the guys that are really at the top right now. I mean, obviously you've got some guys that are up and coming, Patrick Mahomes, th- those types of guys. But you look at, you know, Breeze and, and Brady, uh, you know, just the guys that have been with their respective teams for a long, long time. And it just goes – and those teams have been good for a long, long time. Just shows just goes to show you what having that quarterback can do. Um, and, you know, again, we, we talk, we'll, we'll spend the next – couple of months talking about draft and who they should draft and what position and all that kind of stuff. But, I, I, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, um, I mean, I think I, I don't think there's anything more important. Uh, the, I think the two most important things in the league right now are quarterback play and coaching. Uh, yeah, I, I'll go quarterback play and offensive line play. Uh, I mean, I just think being able to run the football, uh, especially in the Titans' uh, case, uh, at, at will – you're you're really hard to beat if you can just carve teams up on the ground uh, above all else, just about, especially in these winter games, as we saw with Derrick Henry. Uh, I, I just think offensive line play trumps nearly everything. Obviously, a transcendent quarterback um, can can fix a lot of your or, or mask a lot of your problems, but offensive line play for me, it's the most important thing. It's the easiest way to win in the league without an elite quarterback. So, um, you know, like you're saying. Uh, all, all these uh, all these teams can really run the football. Uh, I'd love to see the Titans really max it out because they're pretty good at it as it stands, but they could stand to be better. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that'll do it for today. Uh, later on this week, we'll get back into position groups. We've done the offense, uh, so if you missed any of those shows, you can go back and listen to them. Uh, we'll get into the defense as this week goes along. Again, don't forget 615-787-8762. Give us a voicemail around a minute. And uh, we'll get to them on a show at the end of this week. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now? 
Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.